Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Black Wall Street. Um, just very briefly, the reason why I wanted to do this show is to highlight 
some of the entrepreneurs in the black community that maybe wouldn't necessarily get the exposure needed or maybe they do have the exposure needed and they're able to reach the masses through different avenues and I wanted to be an advocate in one of those avenues for them to reach different crowds and different ventures of people. So Black Wall Street is something that is very passionate, something that's very needed in my opinion to what I feel is important to the black community. That's not to say others can't chime in on Black Wall Street, but what I'm saying is we have to build within the black community to get our culture and to get our children who are going to be the future some guidance because there's not a lot of guidance set forth in front of them. I feel that the black youth doesn't feel like they have enough examples of doing things the right way sometimes. And maybe they're thinking that the only way that they can make it out is through athletics, um, being a rapper, a celebrity, a singer, something to that magnitude where the percentages of you making it from where you're starting from is very low. So I wanted to create a show and format it to where I can highlight different ventures, different, you know, just learning about the different struggles that people face every day on getting their business done. And that could be for anybody. Overall, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have a color. But like I said, Black Wall Street is something that's near and dear to me. And I think that needs to be built up and taken back to because our black youth need to see more black doctors. They need to see more black judges. They need to see more black people in charge. You know, as, as minor as that may sound to a lot of people, and as scary as that also is to a lot of people, it's very needed within the black community. Um, growing up, I know for me, I didn't see a lot of black people in high power positions to basically make decisions. You know, you don't think about those things when you're growing up as a child, but as you carry on later in life, it starts to dawn on you and you start to see things in a different light as you get a little more knowledgeable of how this world works and what goes on in this world. I'm just going to tell you very briefly about what we have lined up for the show. We'll be interviewing two people. Um, I have Kim Moore, who's an entrepreneur, uh, travels around, and she's going to explain her business to you. Kim was also a teammate of mine at Texas A&M, so I do have a you know, personal relationship with her, but she's also an entrepreneur. Um, our second guest will be former NFL player, played for the Miami Dolphins, Cleveland Browns, and also the Kansas City Chiefs, Travis Daniels, which is also my um, family member, um, and we grew up together. So, um, you know, Travis and I grew up from the same community, um, saw some of the same struggles. Of course, his struggles are a little different being, you know, he's a black male. So we're going to hear about their businesses and what it took to the foundation of their businesses, the struggles that they see, um, the successes that they've had, 
you know, and just what it took to get to where they are right now. So, you know, I'm very excited to have both of them on the show, and we'll be interviewing them at two different times. So I'm going to have to definitely stay tuned for that. If you have a question or comment, you can text 754-200-5791. Again, that is 754-200-5791 if you have a question or comment. Again, you can call into the show if you want to be heard on air. And definitely talk to me, um, 929-477-3970. Again, that's 929-477-3970. So very quickly, there's a lot going on out here in, in the world, definitely in America. Um, of course, you know, with the Colin Kaepernick thing with football going on right now, it's, it's like he, he took a stance for something he believed in. athletes who don't say a word um it's very interesting dynamic you know it's like when you stand up for something you know that you strongly and wholeheartedly believe in you know unfortunately there's a sacrifice that comes with you believing in something and taking a stand and it it, that makes sense to some of you guys um his career is basically on the line. Now, some people, you know, kind of absolutely lose the appearance, or whatever the case may be. We're getting away from the fact of what the guy actually is protesting against. He's protesting against the injustices done to the black community. Is he wrong? I mean, everybody is in agreement that certain people are treated differently. Now, I get that. It's not fair. I, I do not agree with the mistreatment of one race to the next. If this happened to any other race, I would feel the same way. But some things are just quite evident. And one thing I want to know is, you know, I, I question I think we black people have to work extremely harder to prove ourselves, you know, the whole better credentials. We we could be smarter about a situation. We could be more knowledgeable about a situation. Definitely we could be more educated about the situation. But because of how, just because of who we are doesn't allow us to get certain advances. And, and yes, sometimes, you know, being black does work in our, to our advantage. But it's not a lot of times that that happens. So why are we disadvantaged when it comes to equal rights and fair treatment? You know, to take a step on the opposite side really fast. You know, why do we celebrate someone's accomplishments? Because, again, you never know when we'll get the opportunity again to do it. So we should be celebrating one another and, and pushing each other to, to do whatever it is we, we need to do. But we can't do that when there's hatred among us that's, that's so bad. We can't accomplish things if we're so divided. You know, and you can take it back. 
into a lot of different instances and a lot of different circumstances of why it's like that. You know, go back to your again. You have people who work in the house and you have people who work in the fields. Now, then actually, that creates tension. I want to be where you are, but at the same time, you know, you don't know what a person is going through or where they are and why they're there to those places, to get to those places of where they are now. Are they happy within those places? See, that's a key because people wear masks all the time. People hide things all the time. People don't show their true emotion because people are fearful. Of, and, and nobody likes to be vulnerable. Nobody wants to be in a vulnerable position. But I just know that we as we as black people, you know, something has to change. We have to get it together because for one, we sit and we keep on saying the same things over and over and over and over and over again. And we keep on doing the same things over and over and over and over again. And with that being said, what results would actually come out of that. If you didn't do anything differently in nothing that you stated, what type of change are you expecting? None in my lifetime. I don't know. Who's who's going to step out and take the steps to do it? You, you have people that do do it. Now, I'm going to say, for instance, you all of the black leaders, you know, just about all of the black leaders who had some power and, and had a following, a strong following. They were assassinated. So then you have to look at that side of things. If I'm out here trying to preach preach and teach people to come with me and follow me and, you know, this is what we need to do. Of course, we have people on board with it because strength is in numbers. This is very true. But when you have people working for you that's effective and your messages are effective and you can create change and you can create joy within a person, when you can motivate them to do better for self, you can't help but do better for others because see, you're, you're a leading example. You know, you are an example of what what's out in front. So is it that we're fearful to step out there and be leaders because you teach? We're taught at an early age, lead and not follow. You know, but times that we do have to follow, you know, you have to follow a leader. Is it a problem of who the leader is? What is it that, that keeps us so Stagnant, you know, and I know it's years and years of, of of psychological, mental torment, if you would say. And, you know, I, I, people do tell me, you know, slavery happened so many years ago. How how I don't understand how anybody can think you can, even if you didn't experience it. Somebody in your family has. 
right now, I'm in my 30s. My grandmother clearly experienced slavery. We're talking about my grandmother. And I'm 30, and she told me, you know, I'm in my 30s right now, but she told me the story growing up. So, again, you're saying it happened 400 years ago. Clearly, my grandmother was 400 years old. So what I'm saying to you is this is not – this is not that far off. It's not that far off. We are still faced with some of the things that took place from slavery. We're still faced with racism in this country where we are supposed to be equal. Everyone's supposed to be equal. It's an opportunity for everyone. Some people are not going to take advantage of that opportunity. I get it. Some people do. People never want to experience change. I get that too. But for the ones that do, the ones that of their own thoughts, nobody's going to be on the same page. But we're fearful, it seems, we're fearful to come together as one. Because when you come together as one, you're very powerful, very, very, very powerful. And you're not black. And you support what's going on right now, and you see the injustices that's happening, and you want better for the black community. What are you doing? You know, everybody has to be accountable. I I, I understand if it doesn't affect you. Why do you care? And, and the thing about it, you know, we got to do better because one of the things that people will say, and which is, which is it has truth to it, if you all don't care about it, why should we? That makes sense. It makes sense. I know it's, I know for a fact everybody cares about what happens. I know that for a fact. But it's all about being willing to step out, make it happen. Sit, and we're just going to keep complaining about the same things over and over and over again. When do you take the stands? You know, when do we build our communities where that dollar doesn't that dollar doesn't come out of that community until it circulates about six times within the community? See, that's how you build in it. That's how you build it. But see, now we're no longer owning our communities anymore. You know, we, we no longer have that power. That power has seem seeming gotten it has gotten relinquished from us, or we've let it go. Because at one point, you know, we owned that neighborhood. You know, that was ours. That couldn't come take it from you. Nobody could come take it from you. You owned that outright. That was yours. Somewhere along the way, we lost that. And, you know, people come in and buy it because at the end of the day, it's business. The people are just trying to make money. And they're trying to do their business. So how do we get that back? Because... When you think about it from an economical standpoint, you know, real estate back then, the land and properties and stuff that you obtain, it cost a lot for those days, but it was at a way lower rate than what you can get it for now. Prime example, I know a place in the community that I grew up was a wash house. I don't know the original purchase price of the place, but I know right now that that place is on the market being sold 
for $400,000. This astronomical numbers. And now here's the thing. That was a that was a spot within that was a black owned business that we bought. You know, and that's the thing. You can't you can't circulate the money within a community if you're losing the business. The people of the community take care of the community. And that's what we have to get back to. You know, how do you get the community back? You gotta start back owning your properties. You have to. You have to own it. You have to. You have to own it. We're going to take a quick break right here. We're going to come back and get more into it. Again, if you guys have questions, comments, you definitely can text 754-200-5791. And if you want to call into the show, make a comment or question, dial 929-477-3970. Quick, the Carl Williams Show, Black Wall Street.
Hey guys, we're back. It's the Carl Williams, and I have my guest with me on the line right now, Kim Moore. Kim, are you there? I'm here. I'm, I'm here, Carl. Thank you for having me. No, no problem. No problem. So, what's up? How you doing? Uh, not too much. Uh, I'm doing really well. I feel fantastic. I feel like a giant. And how about yourself? How are you feeling? Hey, I'm feeling like a super giant since you feel like a giant. <laughs> No, but for everybody, Kim, like I said, Kim is my former teammate from Texas A&M, so we go way back. But I brought her on the show because I want you to talk about your business, what you're doing as an entrepreneur, certain struggles you've gone through. So give them a little background about yourself, and then, you know, we can get into everything else. Okay, well, um, to start off, um, yes, like like Takara said, we used to be former uh, teammates back at Texas A&M, so we've shared some great memories together. And just we've always um, connected and stayed connected throughout these years. It's been so long, but um, we still stay, managed to stay connected because we both have that entrepreneur spirit, and we have um, different businesses going on. So um, from college, I just decided that, you know, um, I was going to be an entrepreneur uh, regardless, um, you know, of what challenges I may face or to come and that's led me to be um, what I am now. I'm a mindset and mentor coach, and I definitely help people transition from an um, employee mindset to an entrepreneur mindset because there are different shifts you must make mentally before you become an um, entrepreneur. So, um, with that being said, I do a lot of different things as an entrepreneur. Um, the sky is definitely not the limit. You can do a lot of things as an entrepreneur, but, you know, it's so many different hats and different revenues and, and streams of income that you can go into. So it just totally depends upon um, you. So I'm going to throw it back to you, T. And, um, yeah. yeah, so, okay, let's talk, about, let's talk about, um, you know, because a lot of people are, you know, they're fearful about getting into entrepreneurship because at that point everything is on you. You know, you're responsible mm-hmm. for your successes and you're responsible for your failures. And I'm quite sure when when you're coaching people, you know, especially on a mindset shift, um, what challenges do you face with them as far as actually jumping all the way in? Because, you know, some people become so reliant on a nine to five. Right. Because they feel it's consistent. So what are, what are some of the things that, you know, you – instill into your clients about actually taking that step and just going all in with what you know they can be successful at? Well, the most important thing that I have a majority of my clients um, do is I, I, I have them picture themselves at the end result, meaning that I don't they don't too much focus on the how they're going to get there. They just focus on what it is that they really truly want because uh, majority of people – don't even really know what they want to carry. If you ask them what business or what, what, what direction they want, they really don't know. But the thing about it is they do know it's just that you have to, have to pull it out of them. It's because they're scared to say, yes, I really would like to do this. But instead of them saying that, they're thinking of, if I say, well, yeah, I really want to be a business owner and own uh, XYZ company, um, I will have to do all of these things. So because they're thinking that they would have to do so many different things, um, they pretty much blind themselves with all the responsibility of doing these things versus just going ahead and saying, yeah, you know, I want to open up a bakery. I want to start a salon. 
down or, you know, or whatever the case may be. But they are they have a lot of blockage when it comes around fear. So um, basically, you know, I just help, you know, them remove some of those fear blocks and uh, money blocks, generational curses that we face. And um, at that point, it's easy to do because of the mindset shift. And you said generational curses, which, you know, I definitely want to hone into that. When you say that, explain to, you know, the listeners exactly, you know, your perception on what generational curses when it comes to money. Um, when I say generational curses, when I, when it comes to money, um, I'm speaking upon like the beginning of time from when I was born, you know, I could just say my parents didn't teach me the fundamentals of how money works. Um, didn't teach me on how to make my money work for me. So it's like, you know, basically I grew up watching TV thinking, you know, oh, look at the celebrities and stuff like this. This is how they get their money, not knowing how they really get their money and knowing how the wealthy get their money. You know, we go out there and we get these large homes and we get all of this debt, mess up the credit and everything like that. And, and now we're robbing Peter to pay Paul. That's a generational curse because we haven't been informed on the proper steps to take to cover yourself and your future and your family. So that's the generational curse that I'm speaking upon is um, not being educated or not even seeking education or information to help you um, break the generation of curse and start doing some different um, things and creating different habits that you do versus just not even, you know, thinking that it's off limits, thinking that things are off limits to us. And um, so I'm just helping open the eye to see that, you know, we have options and um, the curse has been broken. It's just this time to wake up. Absolutely. I'm, I'm in total agreement with that. Um, I, I definitely agree with that. And I know that a lot of us out here have not been taught to manage money. So it's just like you're going to repeat the cycle all over again, like you said. Um, right. So right. What, are, what are some of the the stumbling blocks? I would say stumbling blocks are just things that could have prevented you from succeeding in your business, but you didn't allow it to. What are some of those things that came to you or came in your way to try to deter you from pursuing your entrepreneurship? Um, A couple of the things um, that pretty much everyone faces and that I face myself is um, not knowing how to make it all work, not knowing how to make it all work and struggling in the path of trying to figure it out all alone. So once I discovered that um, I needed help, I seeked out and I, I got a mentor and a coach to to help with some of those challenges and some of those hurdles that I had to overcome. You know, it's good to reach out and get a mentor or a coach um, doing whatever it is that you want to succeed in because um, they've made it over those um, those hurdles, hurdles and, you know, they provide um, blueprints. So you can go around these things like getting over your mindset, you know, and merging from a entrepreneur, I mean, an employee to an entrepreneur. So different things like that, because it takes a while, depending on how much blockage one can have um, to get to the, the entrepreneur side, because it becomes you have to have discipline, you know, as an entrepreneur and going from somebody telling you what to do and you know this is your routine to you having to hold yourself responsible, that's a big challenge. So it's definitely beneficial to get a mentor or a coach to help you with the blueprint, you know, to guide you. And um, the other thing is um, 
just being fearful of what others may have to say about you and not not receiving the support you want from your family and um and, re- and remaining positive through this all and knowing that it's all going to work out for you so you know in the beginning you know your family may not show support and it's only because they're not familiar with the process you know it's just they're not going to support you as much as because they don't know anything about entrepreneurship normally, you know, and if they do um, know anything about entrepreneurship and they don't support you, then it's just enough support that you need to build your, your tough skin. Um, So, you know, a lot of different things can come up in the beginning, but um, the main thing is just stay with the end in mind. So if you, remember this is why I started and if you can always just focus on this is why I started in the beginning you know all the little gray area you know the journey through life it become pleasant because you know you know that it's going to come true if you just keep moving and taking action yeah makes perfect sense definitely makes perfect sense now I want to ask you because you know a lot of people get into things and you know they look for the quick fix nobody really Mm -hmm. wants to set their foundation and really work for it and nobody really embraces failures you know and in every business you're going to fail at something but that doesn't mean it stops Mm -hmm. you and you don't keep pushing so you know talk to them a little bit about how your failures or your mishaps helped you and continue to motivate you to push to your end result well I look at it like this if I had not failed in which um, I tell you, Eunice, I think it is, for me, it's not really just like, it's like a learning curve, mm-hmm. okay? When I look at failure, it's more so like a learning curve for me because I have no idea about what I'm doing because I haven't went to school. You know, you didn't went to college. I didn't go to college for, you know, this as a, for entrepreneurship. I didn't go to college. It's pretty much um, I'm self-made, you know, right. through the courses I've spent. I've spent well over about, Sixty or seventy thousand dollars in self development, though you know, going to different retreats and different masterminds. You know, I've invested in myself. Um, however, just, 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 I just tell people, just you know, it's a learning curve. You know, you got to remove, you know, failure and fear is together. You got those attached together. You know, mm-hmm. so but failure if you don't learn, you know, you just can't make it to the next level. You just simply can't. You can't allow fear to run you into the ground. And um I promise you just when you just do it when one just do it, you'd be like, Oh, that wasn't so bad. So the the faster you fail, the faster you succeed. And um that's just the truth of it. If you go ahead and do a whole bunch of stuff that you don't want to do or that you don't know what you want to do, just do it. You will soon find out what it works and what doesn't work. Right. <laughs> and you will find out your true calling <laughs> because right. through all of this, you will learn your true calling because you'll be, oh, I tried this, I tried that, I tried this, I tried that. And then all of those things have teach, have taught you the business skills that you need leading up to the point that you are. So you then you can look back and see that nothing was for failure, nothing was a mistake. You're perfectly where you are and where you're supposed to be. Right. What What about yeah. the people who, because I'm quite sure you face this, what about the people who, you know, will tell you, well, I, I just don't I just don't have it right now to invest in myself. And, and we're talking about investing in within oneself, not into anybody, but within oneself. 
you know, how do you handle that that person? Well, to be honest with you, um, when they channel themselves to my coaching funnels or they come in my inbox, um, the way I market myself is pretty much attraction marketing. So they already know what they're coming to get. Like, I, you know, I pretty much don't help people that that's, that's sick in the mind. <laughs> <laughs> Kim is a jokester by all means. We'll have you laughing all I'm day. joking. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Okay, guys, let me clear that up. <laughs> no, but seriously, I talk to people. I talk to people every single day. And the thing about it is uh, when a person is ready to be helped, they are, they are ready to be helped. And a person that doesn't want help is nothing that you can possibly do. It's nothing you could possibly do but give them a series of questions to ask them, you know, how would they like to see themselves, and then you can reverse it, pitch it back to them, you know. But that's like little coaching things. But I just always move from the front to Kara, and um, and usually when people see that flame, they just catch the flame. And, um, you know, and, and if for anybody that's thinking about starting an entrepreneur, on your entrepreneurial journey and you haven't started yet, you know, I want to give you some encouragement to get started because um, the longer you wait, the more fear that you instill in yourself. Um, so it's best to just go ahead and push forward and reach out to me, uh, to Carve. You need some help, you need coaching, you need mentorship, you know, um, but take a chance on yourself because freedom is available. Yeah. Tell tell them um different ways to reach you so that they know you know um, how to get in contact with you. Yeah. You can go to kimmore.co. Um, that was my main site. However, I'm switching some stuff around right now, but you can go to that site and it's going to redirect you to my main Facebook page. And that place right there is where I can conduct business from. Just send me an inbox and let me know what you need and um, or just add me as a friend and follow me and um, get some encouragement and let's get started. And and how long have you been in in your respective business right now doing what you're doing right now? I've been coaching for the last two and a half years. I've been an internet marketer for the last eight years, meaning um, I advertise anything. I sell any type of affiliate product. I sell e-commerce right now. Um, I run Facebook ads. So anything that you have for sale, I pretty much can sell it. So that's for the last eight years I've been doing internet marketing and websites, et cetera. So um, it's been a while, and um, I'm just so super grateful that the internet has allowed me freedom to move about. Um, and you guys, you know, you want to take your time. You know, use if you have a job right now, don't quit your job. Use that as a source of income to fuel your business. You know, there are steps and there are um, strategic steps that you should take when trying to start out running, running a business as an aspiring entrepreneur. You know, you just don't want to jump the gun. You want to be very strategic about the things that you do with your money that you make from your your um, job. So, you know, I show you ways of how to get yourself an income raise as well as how to um, fund your business. So, you guys, um, there are options, and um, they're available for you. So that that and, and 
tell them where this journey has taken you as far as around the world because, you know, I know you say you wanted to be an entrepreneur, but when you were young and you were a kid, did you envision, like, all right, this is what I'm going to do? Like, was this the path or the road that you first saw yourself when you were younger? Um, When I was younger, only – I was dream. I dreamt up until I was. I I got a basket, a full basketball scholarship. That was my whole goal, because I thought that was freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, that was freedom from where I, you know, in the community that I was raised, and 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 that was in front of me was I have to escape this place playing sports, and so that's what I adapted. That's what I believed in, and so I did that. And then once I re- I reached that level, I realized that. I controlled my whole, I I designed my whole life with my thoughts. And then I rewrote my story and to be an entrepreneur because that's my next step of freedom. So that's all I did is I went back to the drawing board and um, a little bit, but it was a little bit after college, after I retracted and I saw that, that, the why I was where I am is because of my own thoughts and my own creation. And at mm-hmm. that point, I realized that I could create the life that I want. And I decided the best way that for me to create life that I want and do the things that I want and travel around the world um, and um, help other people do the same was as an entrepreneur. And right. so that's when I decided. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So and where so where and in certain in certain. Tell them about certain places that this entrepreneurship has actually taken you. It, it took work because people tend to think sometimes things happen overnight. But you've built your base, you've built your client, you built your clientele up, and now you're able to have the freedom to travel abroad and do different things. So tell them just certain places that your ventures have taken you to, and the different people that you have connected with along your journey. <clears throat> well, just recently um, this year, I've been. Um, to a few places this year. I've been all the way, you know, I went from Miami to Louisiana to Atlanta um, to San Diego, out in Vegas, which I'm out in Vegas right now. Um, And I've been able to meet people all over the world from um, France, uh, all the way from Singapore, I'm, I'm all over the world, you know, different states as well. And um, I've gotten there, you guys, all through my connections through being an entrepreneur and running my business through Facebook and just making business connections. And um, people will inbox you, they want to work with you, or if you want to go work with them, do you have that option as well? But, um, I mean, man, it, it landed me here now. Um but I'm getting ready to leave probably Thursday and head to Tampa. So, you know, life is good. Life is good. Life is what you make it. Um, but I always think positive. You know, just as just as you can have a negative thought, you can have a positive one. And whichever one you think, that's what it's going to be. The absolute 100%. truth. The absolute mm-hmm. truth. So, look, I want to ask you one, one other question. All right. Um, I saw a post Roy Mayweather put up about cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. Do you mind yes. in elaborating a little bit on cryptocurrency? What I'm going to tell you guys about cryptocurrency, because um, that was um, an event that I'm a, a, I came to out here in Vegas, and um, I want you guys to do more research, um, you know, Google cryptocurrency and find out what it is. It's, a digi- it's actually a digital currency, and um, that that's the shift. And the thing about it is, um, 
I don't want to go all into detail, uh, you know, over the air because things change with cryptocurrency. So, you know, if you guys have any questions about cryptocurrency, you definitely want to inbox me, connect with me on Facebook and inbox me so I can give you a more detailed and um, more of a design path to follow. But, you know, for now, you just, you know, cryptocurrency is how people are becoming millionaires overnight um, by, you know, actually trading and mining. So, you know, with those two terms, a lot of people don't understand right now, and I don't expect them to. Um, mm-hmm. So, therefore, you know, um, just inbox me and send me for more and send me for more information. But, you know, in the time being, like I said, Google it and go to YouTube and do as much as you can so you can find out how you can make your money work for you because this is an awesome, awesome investment. Absolutely. And I just want to let you know that I really appreciate your time coming on the show Chopping it up with me. Appreciate that. Of 100%. course, Kara. You already know we got to lead our people to the freedom. And we got to hey. share all the information within the community, 100%. That's, that's so thank you so much for allowing me to come in and speak. I feel honored that you would even ask me. You know I had to say something funny. and you. Yeah, so I feel honored that <laughs> anyway, you, you know allowed me to come. You know I had to bring yes. you on. You got the beauty and brains. Hey, that's a double winner. <laughs> I got to bring you on. Double hey, winning, baby. And those of you mm-hmm. out there, don't be stalking my teammate, going to her Facebook <laughs> just because I like what y'all see and ain't talking about nothing. And if you're going to go in there, make sure you're talking about something. <laughs> you already <laughs> but, know. They be seeing about that inbox with that. Exactly, yeah, and if they, they tell you they, they, they listened and heard you on my show, yeah, they heard you on my show and they came to your let me know so I can let them know, come on, man, don't do all that. <laughs> <laughs> You're so funny, girl. That's hilarious. Nah, but yeah. let them know before we you don't. leave on, on how to um, reach you one more time just so they have it, so they have the information. Um, You go to Kim M. K-I-M-M-O-O-R-E dot C-O. Or you can find me on Facebook. My name is Kim Moore. And um, I'm probably the most prettiest one if you pull them up. Hey, <laughs> I'm joking. Is, hey, um, next is <laughs> Yes, you are. I would agree with that. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but, yes, you guys, reach out to me. Let's connect. Let's grow. Let's build. And let's go. Yes, yes. So, Kim, thank you. I appreciate it. And um, have fun out in Vegas. I know you're going to suck up all the information you can. And I wish you much success with everything you're doing for sure. You too, sweet. Thank you so much. All right. Love you, teammate. I'll talk to you later. Love you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Everybody, appreciate you for listening in. Again, that was my teammate from college, Kim Moore, who is an entrepreneur and doing her thing in that realm. So definitely, you know, very good information. I think she really gave out some pertinent information. And again, everything about change comes down to your mindset. And you have to have a shift within, you know, before you can make any change. So I'm glad that, you know, she came on the show and was able to give you guys insight on what it is that she does. And, you know, you guys that, that are interested in things like that, do reach out, or if you do know someone that is interested in it, you know, please reach out because change happens from within. You know, some of the key things that I hit on earlier, you know, Kim kind of stated them within her speaking with us right now tonight. So 
a lot of things, you know, a lot of behaviors that we have within our community are learned. Um, and, it, you know, that's nobody's fault. But when you know better, you do better. And you should feel an accountability to inform and educate and drop knowledge on the people who don't know. You know, it's no it's no sense in us staying stagnant. And, you know, sometimes you can equate being stagnant to being ignorant to something. And not in a derogatory way. It's just meaning that you don't know what's going on. So if you don't know what's going on, you don't know how to change it. Important. You gotta we, we gotta do better. We have to do better as a people. We have to do better as a community. And when every community gets better, then it's 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 it spreads out and it gets wider. So positivity is very important. You know, you cannot have change without positive, but I also know in this world, you know, there's a lot of negativity that comes with it. But when you're on the right path and you're doing the right things, that journey is, is is challenging because it's all about how bad do you want it. So if you want to see a change, you know, are you willing to sacrifice some things for that change? You have to change your environment sometimes. You know, I learned that the hard way. In order to do certain things, you have to change your environment. Sometimes you outgrow certain things. You got to change up your environment. Sometimes you have to change, but change up your people. And you got to keep pressing towards your goal. We're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back to Carl Williams' show, Black Street, Black Wall Street.
What's a lie? Now I'm looking at my homies. Now who gon' ride? Cause I ain't trying to have a fake nigga by my side. Lord knows I'm just trying to make it out of the fire. I'ma keep that clipping on me when I come outside. Just in case I gotta use it when they call my side. Fuck a nigga line. I got the beam on the fire. I got that thing at your eye. You wanna kill me, nigga? Try. Hey, don't crawl my line. Don't cross my line. Hey, hey, don't cross my line. Don't cross my line. Hey, hey, hey. hey, we're back, we're back, we're back. It's Takara Williams of the Takara Williams Show, Black Wall Street. That's today's topic. Um, the sounds that you just heard, that was Dre Tunes. You can find that single on iTunes, Spotify, Tidal, Amazon. Just type in Dre Tunes. Name of the song is in the sky. So if you like the vibe to that, you know, support that. Definitely support that. Um, hope you guys, you know, definitely got a nice vibe for that song. So your support is greatly appreciated um, doing so. By the way, any artists out there, uh, rappers, singers, uh, musical composers, if you guys are interested in getting your music out and wanting to be heard, please email me to carlwilliams at gmail.com. Um, you know, I can put your music on air, but you must own the rights to everything that you have. Um, we do not want to cross over the copyright infringement laws and rules and regulations. So everything we do, we want to do it in in good order. You know, we definitely want to, you know, abide by the rules. So if you are, if you own rights to your music, of course, we're going to screen it, but if you would like to have your music featured on the show, for more information, please do email to carlwilliams at gmail.com. That email address is T-O-C-C-A-R-A-W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S at gmail.com. All right? So um, since I'm on the topic of music, I had an interesting conversation with a young man regarding the Jay-Z's 444 album. Um, you know, very interesting take he had. And, and one of the things he stated to me was that, you know, Takara, I like Jay-Z. I like his music, but I don't like what he's doing when it comes to the 444 album. And I asked him, you know, why? What was the problem? And he stated that, you know, he's saying all these things that he's saying, but he's giving his money to Africa and sending his money to abroad when, you know, we've had, we have issues right here in the United States of America. And and I asked him, you know, can you verify this information? You know, can you verify the information, which I don't know if Jay-Z is sending money where he stated, but what I wanted him to open his mind to was how do you know he's not doing things here in the United States of America? What if the media is just not showing you what he's doing here in America. And what if Jay-Z is not bragging or boasting about the things that he's doing because of the things he's doing is coming from a genuine place. You know, you, you have to think about these things. You know, he, he was infuriated that, you know, Jay-Z's out here giving money all over here and, you know, we got people struggling here. You know, when you guys look at these celebrities and what they have, they work hard to get what they have. 
And, you know, I understand that people want them because you feel like they just have this money and they can just blow it on because you see people out here just blowing money all the time. You can see the average person blowing money, too. Do you ask them what they're doing with their money and why they're not putting back into the communities and building up our communities? Do you ask the average person that or is it just you're worried about the celebrities? Now, here's another interesting take that, that I had on what he was stating, because, you know, if you listen to the Jay-Z 444 album, he did agree that Jay-Z was dropping knowledge. He's dropping jewels. But what he's saying is he's not doing what he's saying in his songs. So I look at it like this. I told you guys earlier within the show that just about every black leader that was powerful and had some say-so and could be called by any one of the presidents to come into the White House, sit down and have a business meeting. And you got to think about the times that this all took place because it wasn't normal back then for that to happen. There was segregation when this was going on. So for anybody that displayed any power that they had, they got took out of this place. You know, they're no longer here with us. We celebrate those people. We celebrate what they did. They aren't here to tell you A, B, and C. You know, you hear about their legacy, maybe through your grandparents, your great-grandparents, or your, you know, you you hear about it. You can't hear this person physically speak on a TV press conference. Now, knowing that, knowing that, you have to think, who would... Who's going to risk their life for the greater good of people when the greater good of people not even going to back up and support what you're doing? For example, Colin Kaepernick. How many of you guys are out there supporting that movement that he's on right now? How many of you are doing that? You know, so with Jay-Z, one thing I can, and this is just my opinion, one thing I can that I think is that what's the easiest way to get your message across to millions of people at one time? Over the music, over the airways, everybody has access to the songs. Everybody has access to the albums, even if you can't afford to buy it. Because he did say he's trying to give you all this wealth and gain for nine ninety nine. You can go on YouTube and listen to the music. It's people that's downloaded the music already and just letting people hear it. So you can you can hear this for free. Are you gonna take what he's saying and change up what you're doing? My teammate just spoke about mindset in a shift. Are you gonna change up what you're doing? Why should that man put his life on the line, his children, you know, will be left without a father or wife without a husband, you know. You guys got to you got to think a little deeper than just wanting other people to go out here and do it, and really have to self reflect and look at you know what are you doing? What can you change about yourself to make you better? Because I know everybody can look in the mirror and come up with something about themselves that they can change for the better. But again, change doesn't happen overnight. You know, you wake up and say, well, you know what? Today I need I need to lose ten pounds. 
what do you have to do to lose those 10 pounds? You have to change your eating habits. You have to change your your, your daily routine. You, you have to start working out. You got to start exercising. You, you got to look at different things that you're doing. So everything you do takes change. And you can't expect other people to change it for you because they won't. They, they don't. How can someone change something for you when they don't even know what you want to change in your life? So you have to figure out what's important to you, what means what to you, how do you make, how do you make everything out here better in the world? And once we establish that, then we can pretty much go from there. But we have to start somewhere in the change that is needed for, for what I'm talking about, Black Wall Street, it's a change within every everybody as an individual. And then we gravitate to changing others. Because when you can change yourself, like I told you, you change yourself, you live in, you're a role model. You know, you don't have to be a celebrity to be a role model. You don't have to have millions of dollars to be a role model. You can just sit there and do the right things. And when people see you doing the right things, they respect you. Respect goes a long way. You know, have we not earned our respect? Have we not earned our respective place in this world? Have we not? I, I think we have. But people are not giving it to us. You want to know why? Because we don't respect ourselves. So when we start respecting self as a whole, because I know it's a lot of people out here that do respect themselves, but I'm talking about as a whole. And when we start coming together as one, we are powerful we're naturally strong. We're naturally smart. We're naturally physically fit. I'm talking just from a nature standpoint in genetics. We we have the tools. We got to put those tools to use. We have to put them to use. We have we have to put them to use. And certain situations change people. You know, it takes a situation to happen before people start changing. So with that being said, we're going to get right into it. I have my next caller on the line, Travis Daniels. Travis, you there? Yes, I'm here. What's going on? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's going on? Uh, not much. Just finishing uh, some editing on some photos, but uh, I'm just laying low, you know? All right. So since you're already talking about it, I, I want you to briefly describe to the audience, you know, your transition from you know, your NFL career to right now, your, your business as an entrepreneur in photography. Okay. Yeah. So my, everything kind of started probably like around 2011, 2010, 2011, I was uh, playing football for Kansas City Chiefs and our head photographer, Steve Sanders was a wedding photographer as well. So what I did is, um, I approached him at practice and told him I was interested in photography. And uh, he told me to come up by the office. I came to the office, and then he started teaching, talk, talking to me about, like, you know, camera technology, uh, terminology, like, uh, you know, D- DLSR cameras, shooting in RAW versus JPEG, like just giving me the whole nuance about uh, photography. So to fast forward, I started, like, you know, really studying studying it a lot. Uh, every day after practice, I would work on it with them for like an hour. 
uh, each each day. So uh, that kind of catapulted me into uh, becoming the first uh, for first active player to be credentialed to shoot at Pro Bowls. And then that kind of led me into my next thing of uh, shooting models. I have a really good friend that models for, well, used to model for Wilhelmina named Taishiko. And she took me into the office, uh, to Wilhelmina in Miami, and introduced me to all of the directors and everybody and let them know about me playing football and how I'm into photography. And that landed me my first, like, big-time job, big-time gig. So I was shooting a lot of, of those models. And then that kind of led me into wedding photography. And that's why I kind of, you know, fell in love with uh, shooting weddings. Um, and uh, so now uh, I've been running uh, the business now for a couple of years. And uh, we're on track to hit a, do about 47 weddings this year. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> that's almost one yeah. That's almost one wedding a week, right? Yeah, it, 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 it's, yeah it's close to one wedding a week. But uh, sometimes we had, like this past month, we did like seven in four weeks. Wow. So uh, we get a couple Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays, Saturdays and Sundays. Sometimes we shoot weddings on a Wednesday. And, you know, it's just kind of all over the place. And uh, the year's not out yet. And I've been getting more calls about, like, different dates uh, throughout the year that we don't have anything booked. So, you know, it's uh, shaping out to be a big-time year for the company. Right. So talk talk to the listeners about some of the stumbling blocks that you face, you know, when you branched out and said, all right, when you figured out this is what I'm going to do, you know, what are some of the stumbling blocks that you faced as an entrepreneur coming into something well, that, you know. Yeah. So one of the biggest things that I had to uh, overcome was uh, people taking me serious uh, as a photographer because, people, you know, expected me to do something along the lines of, like, athletics, like be mm-hmm. a coach or be a trainer or deal with deal in a capacity of something that I, that I have been doing uh, my entire life. So for mm-hmm. me to go against the grain and become a, a photographer, that was really challenging because I remember when I was ordering a lot of cameras and things, lenses and different things like that in Kansas City, like having um, everything get dropped to the facility, some of the guys would be, like, making jokes, like, man, you're going to be a photographer now? Like, man, look at TD with all of these cameras and things like that. <laughs> and now some of those same guys are, like, asking me to shoot the wedding, you know? Right. So right. that was, like, one of the biggest things was to just to stay true and stay focused on what I wanted to do and not allow other people's perception of me or what I should be doing affect what I actually want for myself. So that was, like, one of the hardest things that I think that uh, that – came up but um you know just having the ultimate confidence in myself and knowing that what I'm trying to do I could definitely be great at it regardless what level I'm entering it at you know and right. so that was it right there now you know speaking earlier about you know support and where did most of your support come from did it come from your sphere of influence or did it totally come from people that you don't know at all yeah, so a lot of it came from people that I didn't know. You know, um, when I think about, let's just say, I, I let's say I have done 100 photo shoots between photo shoots and weddings. Let's say I have like a total of 100. Only maybe 15 of those sessions was with actually people that I knew. You know, right. So um, I'm very mindful that you know, if you want to become like a successful business person and uh, make a, a a lot of money 
and selling products or, or whatever it is, or whatever it is, then more times than not, your biggest uh, support system are going to come from people that you don't know because the amount of people that you actually have in your network can't get you to the level that you want to get to anyways. So <laughs> I never intended for the business to just be solely for people that I knew, family members mm-hmm. and friends, things like that. It's awesome if I do get to, ha- um, you know, have some of them as, as clients, but the big goal is to get people that I don't know because it's more people that I don't know that need photography services than people that I do know that need photography service. Um, the same thing is for, like, people that are getting married, right? You can know mm-hmm. uh, 100, 200, 300 people, but not all of them going to get married. Uh, or All of them probably already married, you know? So you have to be able to pull from uh, people all over the place that you have no idea who they are until you guys uh, start to build a business relationship together. And, and you know, growing up, did you see yourself doing photography? No, I actually I didn't. One thing that I did, though, was I always loved, uh, I love photography. Like, I would always look at magazines and look at pictures. I didn't understand why I would just look at pictures so much, um, you know, but when I was in high school at South Broward, uh, I took a photography course, and I had a lot of fun with it. We was developing film in a dark room, things like that, and I had a lot of fun with it. When I went to college, I kind of got away from it uh, because uh, the demand with school and football was, like, a lot for for myself. So I kind of got away from it. But, uh, yeah, I, I would say that um, I, I, didn't, I didn't always knew I would be a photographer. I'm really, like, surprised. I surprise myself like all the time with some of the things that I'm able to do with the camera and the response that I get from some of the images that I, that I put out, you know? So each time I get ready to post a photo, I'm like really like anxious and kind of nervous sometimes because I never know what the reception is going to be, you know, because you could think something is great and everybody else hate it. So right. you, know, you, you always kind of like straddling that line. Like I wonder if this is going to work or if it's not going to work. And sometimes I have put images out that I thought wouldn't work, but actually caught fire. And some of the ones I thought was, like, amazing didn't get the reception like I thought. So it's one of those things. Um, what I love about it is you can never get, like, comfortable. You can never feel like you got it because there's so many different levels and different uh, layers to photography, taking images, uh, the different type of looks that you can create. So it's something that just keeps pushing me, like, day to day. Right. And and I think you, the next question I have, I, I think you kind of answered it earlier, Um, you know, regarding if you had a mentor, because I know a lot of times in business and in anything you're doing and you're trying to be successful in it, you either have a mentor or a coach. So were you able to have that person? I think you did say earlier that you had someone. Were you able to have that person yeah. in line for you? Yeah. So Steve Sanders was my first uh, mentor, you know, because when I got with Steve, uh, even though I took a course in high school, I kind of forgot a lot of the things that, that I was taught. But he really, like, was able to teach me about shutter speeds and apertures and, and f-stops and how all of these things work to create uh, the certain look that, that you're going for. Uh, so having a mentor is really vital in um, over, like, kind of escaping some of the pitfalls that, that you can come across, Right. Because you're always going to be able to learn something each, each day, no matter, no matter what. But if you could get with somebody that is already uh, in that line of work and they're already having success uh, developing price lists or just how to um, manage clients and uh, manage uh, production, things like that, 
if you can get with somebody who already doing it successful and learn the kind of learn the actual flow the way that they kind of do it, now you escaping all of those pitfalls that you would have hit. So not right. that you're gonna be eliminated from everyone in the future, but at least you got a really good starting point. You don't have to start at zero. You can start at level five and then you know keep continue to work your way up to twenty six or something. Right. So and and I know you know in this photography was something that was new to you. So how often are you, um, I guess taking either going to seminars? How much have you invested in yourself as far as learning your craft and really? pushing yourself to the next level to get those things. Yeah. Okay. So um, when it comes out to investment, so one thing that, that I um, made sure that I, that I did was I purchased like the top of the line, like everything, top of the line cameras, top of the line lenses, uh, things like that. So just in the actual cameras, lenses, lighting, things like that, I'm a prob- I'm around about $70,000 somewhere around that invested in. Also, um, like you mentioned about like courses, so there is this um, this website called CreativeLive.com, and Creative Live is a really good platform for like uh, photographers of all genres. If you're looking to do product photography, you want to do uh, maternities or babies, kids, weddings, food photography. You know, uh, they have a lot of tutorials that you can purchase. And when you purchase them, you own it for like a lifetime. It's like a lifetime subscription uh, once you actually buy that. So some of the courses may cost you 29 bucks. Some could cost you $300. It just kind of depends on what you want to learn and who is teaching it, and uh, they place the, the value on it that way. So I probably have spent another seven, 800 bucks just in like those type of uh, courses. I also uh, joined this um, community called WPPI which is mm-hmm. like a international uh, wedding and portrait photography association. And um, mm-hmm. every year in Vegas, they have a uh, conference, and it's about 15,000 photographers that will come out to it. They have, like, master photographers that are, like, teaching uh, techniques and teaching different things about how they make their business what it is, how they take the images that they're taking. And, uh, you know, so I make sure I, like, engulf myself um, 24-7 with, like, photography because, you know, I'm in it, trying to be in it for the long haul, and I want to be great at it. I don't want to just be a typical person that you kind of run across that takes a certain type of photos, and they just look kind of basic. Like, um, in my lifetime, you know, I've been able to do some really cool things from, uh, you know, graduating from high school was pretty big to me. It might not be as big to a lot of other people, but that was, that was huge. And mm-hmm. then to be able to go to college, and to make it to the NFL. So I'm always, like, pushing uh, the boundary to, you know, make it to the top. So uh, with photography, it's something that I definitely want to do. So I make sure that I invest myself the same way as I apply myself in sports. I apply myself into it with photography, and I'm getting the results that, you know, all of that hard work, uh, you know, the hard work is actually paying off. Yeah, and that, that actually leads to the next question that I have for you is that what, what are some of the things that you can take from sports into your business? Oh man, everything, right? Every single thing. So, um, first of all, like to, to play football, to be a a captain on a team or anything like that, you have to be like a leader of people, you know, you got to be able to lead people. Uh, 
You have to be able to be reliable. You have to be able to follow direction. You got to be able to not get so high when you take an awesome photo and not get so low if the person that you the client hate the photos. You always got to find that that balance, that medium, that that medium area where you're not too high or too low, but you're just kind of going through through it, you know. Um, so that definitely helped me a lot, you know, in football, and it's helped me a lot in photography. You know, even from the way that I structure timelines, you know, uh, I, I structure like wedding timelines with starting. Let's say we start with the guys. For a certain amount of time, we're going to be with the bride and the bridesmaids, and then we may do first look. We may do family portraits, like things that lead up into the ceremony and even after the ceremony. So all of those, that timeline came from uh, football practice. You know, right. when you have football, basketball practice, you have warm-ups start at a certain time. You have uh, one-on-ones. You have, like, the stretching, the 707, the team drill, conditioning, you know, so forth and so on. So everything that I learned in sports, I just kind of took it over to photography, and uh, it, it all works, you know. Um, the thing about being successful at something, it's just one simple formula. You know, it's not like, you know, you know everything has to be completely looked at in a different light. You, know, you just apply the same type of effort and techniques that, that you do have success with in this business, and it should, you know, line up in the next business. So um, talk to the listeners about, you know, because, uh, you know, I was talking earlier to a teammate of mine that played and she's an entrepreneur as well. Just talking, you know, people want instant, instant success from things. And you were successful in football. I mean, you went to the NFL, you had a very successful career. And normally people would just think that just because you did that, it's automatically going to make your photography business successful but I know you had to put the work in to get there so talk to them about some of the 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 um if their successes or failures that in experiences that really had your transition from football to photography so talk to them about some of that because nothing is instantaneous Mm -hmm. only the lottery if you win it (laughs) right yeah so instant gratification is something that uh you know, everybody just kind of need to kind of throw out of there. I think that Instagram, Facebook, things like that has kind of really kind of changed the way that people, like, think about things, right? You know, a person posts a photo on Instagram, you go from zero likes to 100,000 likes, 5,000 likes, 50,000 likes in a matter of seconds. So I feel like that way of thinking, if you're taking that into the business world, you're really going to be uh, – you're going to come up short because nothing happens uh, – like that or happens that quickly uh, in business. When I first started taking photos, I can't, I, I got to be honest, like the photos, they, they stink for like a long time, you know. <laughs> uh, I didn't, I wasn't always as good as I am now as I was uh, back back then, you know. So right. I had to like really like work on it and, and perfect my craft. Another thing too is that, you know, like not even in that $70,000 in like uh, gear, that, that I have or, you know, that I have spent. Um, when I first started shooting with the models and things like that, I was shooting a lot of that stuff for free because, you know, I had to prove to my, I had to prove myself first to the agencies that I'm actually worth them paying me the money, right? Right. So I probably did about 40, 40 shoots for free, you know, just so that I can let the world know that Travis Daniels is a real photographer. Like, he's not just a person that pick up a camera and that just want to take photos for fun because – 
he's bored and, you know, he's trying to um, discover ways to, like, allocate his time, you know. So uh, that whole instant gratification thing is, is definitely uh, something that you can't get caught up in, too. Everything that is, that is worthwhile is going to be tough, right? If it was that easy, then everybody would be millionaires, everybody would be billionaires. Like, it, it only happens, you know, mainly happens to the people that, that really put the work and the effort into it and don't give up, and they complete the actual process. And that was one thing that I did as a young kid um, that helped really get me to the point that I, that I am at to this day is because I always complete the process. When I was younger playing basketball in Hollywood, I used to play basketball with, like, some of the older guys because of my skill level was more advanced than the teens at the time. Mm-hmm. And right. I would always hear guys say that, man, if I would have never did this, I could have become something special. Or if I would have never, you know, hung out with this group of people, then my life would have been a completely different way. And I'm a firm believer that you don't have to go through every situation in life to learn a lesson. Sometimes you can learn lessons from somebody else, you know? Right. So I said, you know what, instead of me like picking up something and like dropping out of school or getting with the wrong crowd and doing things like that, I'm actually going to complete the process. So this started in middle school, like to get out of middle school, to make sure I make it to high school. And when I got to high school, to make sure I complete high school. So even if going to Division One college or going getting a scholarship wasn't even in, like, God's plan for myself, at least when I'm playing basketball with the younger guys um, in the neighborhood, I could tell them that, man, I did everything in my power to make it to this point. But it wasn't for me, so now, you know, God got me doing something different. But college was there. So I went and completed that process. And if NFL wasn't for me, then I could tell everybody that, you know, that it, it, would, it just wasn't for me because I did everything that I needed to do. I went to class. I got all of the best grades that I could get. I uh, never <clears throat> was late to meetings, and I passed all of my conditioning tests. So um, I never wanted to have to feel that feeling, you know. So I'm a big person. I'm a big believer of, like, not regretting things, right? And I always feel that the only time a person really regrets something is if they don't put their all into it. And, yes. But it, because if you do put your all into it and it don't go your way, then it's just like that wasn't for me. So that's how right. I, I am about photography. You know, I put my best foot forward. Like, I'm spending, like, I'm up sometimes, like, last night. I didn't go to sleep till like, 3 o'clock in the morning. Because I was studying, like, photography and different photographers and fashion guys that shoot Vogue and all kind of things like that, you know, because I want to be, like, have as much success at photography as possible. And if, you know, if I wasn't having success at it, I I knew it wouldn't be because of the work that I was putting into it, you know. Right. So that's how I go about that. And and, and tell the listeners where, you know, of course, the NFL has taken you you places for sure. But tell tell the listeners where photography has taken you, um, being that you're yeah. in this new future. So talk to them about where that okay. has taken you and different opportunities that has opened up for you as well. Yeah, so so photography has been like amazing uh, for me. Um, I have shot a wedding in uh, the Virgin Islands, and that was like amazing to be able to go to the Virgin Islands and to photograph like a wedding. And to be a part of, like, somebody's day that, that they never would get again. So you really in, like, control of, like, you know, documenting these photos for the next 30, 40 years that their kids and their grandkids are going to be looking at. Uh, right. Outside of that, I have been, I have traveled to Cabo, 
to Cabo, Mexico, and shot a wedding there. I, I didn't been to Los Angeles to shoot a wedding in New Orleans and Houston. I've been in New York. Um, man, we have I have Bahamas coming up later this year. I have uh, St. Louis coming up uh, later this year, and those are like back to back weekends too. And uh, you know, so we have been a, a, a lot of places. I have uh, Jamaica coming up too. I even I even got a call to do a wedding in Ireland. I haven't booked them yet, oh, wow. but it's a chance <laughs> that we'll be going to Ireland to like photograph a wedding. And like the most cool thing to me about all of those places is that to know that it's a lot of photographers in between Houston and Miami, LA, Miami, Cabo <laughs> in Miami, and for these people to like pick us out of all the people that they have at their disposal, you know, is um is a testament to the work and the effort and everything that, that we put into it. And that really let me know and it should let everybody else know is if you stick to it and you believe in yourself and you push yourself and uh, you give your all, then the things that everything that you're looking for is going to come to you. You just got to stay with it. Right. Those are facts. Those are definitely facts. Um, Like I said earlier, I think a lot of people look for the instant gratification. They don't necessarily want to put the work in, but you know, I want to ask you something because I was touching on this earlier when I was just speaking um, to the listeners about change of environment. How important is a change of environment when you're trying to be successful? Yeah, change change of environment is really important, especially if the environment that you are in is not conducive to the actual goals that you have for your life, uh, have for your business, or and have for your your personal goals in, in general. Um, I myself remove myself away from. A lot of people, a lot of people that I used to talk to every day on the phone, go hang out, like go to bars or nightclubs or things like that with like every single weekend. I probably only speak to probably like 3% of those people still to this day because of what I wanted in life, they wasn't progressing in that way. And right. uh, no knock against them, but it was just like we was on two different ways. And there's no way that I could attain the success if I'm still hanging out with you because the conversations that we're having are not even the same. It's more about right. what we're going to do tonight that go have fun versus how can I make my business better or what kind of business plan do I need to come up with? How can I structure this price list a different way or how can I come um, – how, how do I meet with clients? Uh, how should I start off the interview process when I'm – uh, meeting with a client about something or, you know, like those are the type of conversations I needed to be around. And because of the group that I used to hang out with wasn't uh, really kind of focused on things like that, I had to change my whole environment to get me to the level uh, and to the place that I am today. So definitely um, changing the environment, was def- you will see big time um, change in your, not only yourself but your business as well. Right. And, you know, I know a lot of times people, you know, we fear change because it's something new and, you know, newness to people, they're scared of that because they're not used to it. It's something that you've never experienced before. So did you have, you know, although some of these people could have been lifelong friends, lifelong associates that you knew all your life and you grew up with, was there any fear when you decided, you know what, I'm going to go this direction? You know, did you have any fears? I won't say necessarily fear because I don't think you were scared to make that move, but any 
you know, pushback on. Yeah. 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 Yes. No, I, I had none. I had absolutely none because <laughs> I was make, I'm all about making decisions that that best suit myself, right? That that are mm-hmm. best for me. And the only person that know what's best for me is me. Right? Nobody absolutely. else do. So the fact that I was doing something that I actually wanted to do and I knew that it was it makes the most sense for me to do it if I wanna uh reach the level that I'm headed to towards, I had to do it. And I, I don't feel bad about it. Like to this day, if I see those people, I don't have any problems with them. You know, I don't I don't feel bad about them or nothing like that. But me you just can't be cool like that unless everything about you end up shifting. Because right. if I get with you, if I if I'm having a conversation with you and it's all about the same thing that was done in like two thousand and ten and two thousand and seven, you know, like just hanging out partying type stuff, then we definitely are not on the same uh on the same boat, you know. And I, I wanna definitely surround myself around like minded people. So yeah, I, I have no reservations, nothing. It's when I make my mind up, it's over. Like, this is what I want to do. I'm doing it, you know? Like, uh, yeah. I mean, I, and I'm with that with anything, even food. If I'm like, you know what? I'm not <laughs> eating meat no more, like, for two weeks. Like, I don't want to be around nobody that's, like, eating it. Like, because I don't want to be tempted to do it. So I'm going to just stay away, you know, from um, from everybody and uh, do what I have to do until I accomplish the goal that I set out for myself. Right. So if you if you, before I let you go, if you could be – if you could give advice to younger people, either our peers and you know older people that's trying to get into entrepreneurship and owning their own business, and you already gone through some of these things, knowing what they face, um, trials and tribulations, what advice would you give to those that's trying to branch into, you know, because they're fearful about jumping out there, doing their own thing when they're used to working a nine to five. What what advice would you give to those people? Yeah. Well, the number one thing is just like follow follow your dream, follow follow your heart, right? Because um, as tough as it could be to make a decision, you're you're gonna regret it even more if you don't make that tough decision, right? Um, not saying that you always can find a job, but it's a good chance that if you have a nine to five, you can find another nine to five at any point again, right? And mm-hmm. you always can work yourself back up to that level that you was at before you probably left that job. So um, it's for me, it's just not that difficult for me to just say, you know what, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna just take it and, and do it. You know, uh, you know, it's not too many words that I could like kind of come up with and uh, to, to tell you how to how to go about doing it. But just just follow your dream. And um, because you don't want to live with a life full of, of regret or just like, I wish I would have did it. I had the time to do it when I was like 33 years old. And now, you know, I didn't let too much time pass. So now I'm really hesitant about it. You know, like uh, no day tomorrow isn't promised to nobody. So since we de- since everybody has to go through that phase of like passing away at one day, like why right. not live your life to the to the fullest? I remember listening to like Muhammad Ali and he was talking about, you know, in a, let's say like a person lived 50 years. You live for 50 years, you're going to spend about 12 years um, working. No, you're mm-hmm. going to spend about 12 years sleeping. Like you're going to spend right. about 12 years of those 50 years sleeping. You're going to spend another probably 12 years on, on a job. So you're already at 24 
like at 24 years of, of that 50 year span. And right. like as he kept breaking it down, you actually only got like eight years worth of like living where you actually could do whatever it is that you want to do. You know, right. only like eight years out of 50 years because you spend the time sleeping, you spend the time on somebody else's job, um, you spend the time with your, your kids doing things like going to football games or practices and, and all of these different things. So the time that you actually take out for yourself is only going to equate to about eight years of time. So if that's all I got is eight years of time, I got to go ahead and do everything that it is that I want to do within them eight years because I know the rest of the years are going to be filled doing other things, sleeping, working for somebody else, or doing a whole bunch of other things that don't necessarily have anything to do with my 100% interest. So Makes perfect. that's how, that's why all about any anything I want to do, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to try it. Like, worst things that happen is it don't work out. Okay, it's time to go to something different. You know, when I went to, when I uh, um, signed a scholarship to go to LSU, that was really like leaving Florida. I never lived outside of Florida, outside of um, Hollywood uh, to that point. And I'm an only child by, by my mom. I have an older brother on my dad's side. But I just grew up in the house, just basically me and my mom, like all all the way up. And I was like, you know what? If I'm going to be able to grow up um, and uh, experience some of the things that I want to experience myself um, and, and try to grow into my own, I have to get away. I can always come back home. Hollywood, Miami, not going anywhere. It's going to always be there. So let me <laughs> hey, just right. go ahead and venture out to Baton Rouge for four years or, or more years if it um, need be, and then see how I can manage, you know, um, manage on my own and, and see what that leads me to. So, you know, I always been kind of rolling the dice on myself and gambling, things like that. And, uh, it always kind of works out. It always kind of works itself out. Yeah, and, and and I totally agree. And you know, I was telling the listeners earlier that you know we were related, and you know we grew up in the same area. And you know, I don't know a lot of family members who've had to, you know, had people make it to the professional ranks. You know what I'm saying? And use their experiences to come back and do great things in the community. So again, commend you for that, especially. But I want you to let them know how they can reach out to you. And, you know, anybody that's interested in getting photography or, you know, just wanting a mentor, if you're to that, you know, how do they get in contact with you? Yeah. All right. So the first thing, first way is um, through like social media. So we'll start out with my Facebook. My Facebook uh, is like Facebook.com, like backslash T. Daniels photo. And that's T, my first name, last name, Daniels photo. And uh, it then pull my page up. Or if you don't remember that, my Facebook page name is Travis Daniels Photography. My website is Travis Daniels Photography. And my Instagram as well is Travis Daniels Photography. So any of those platforms, uh, you definitely can write me. I'm always, like, checking it, like, daily. And, uh, you know, just write me and let me know that, that um, you know, you heard this interview. And then that will definitely connect me to you. And I can always, like, uh, help you out with anything, you know, any questions that, that they have. Right. And, and tell them, you know, what's what's one of the goals that you have set for yourself with your photography business um, from now and years to come? Yeah, so uh, I want to shoot 60-plus weddings in one year. That's, like, one of my big-time goals. Uh, um, another goal is to be, to be a, a photographer that practices starts out at $15,000 per wedding. That's another one of my goals. And, uh, um, you know, I'm not at that point uh, yet, 
but we're definitely uh, gaining ground. And one thing that I would say, especially for, like, anybody that's, like, your photographer or whatever career it is that you're in, like, right now, if I was to call you and be like, you know what, I, I got sick, I'm not feeling good, I have a wedding coming up this Saturday, and uh, this person is paying 25000 bucks to for, for a photographer, right? First thing you're going to probably think is that I'm going to want a cut of the money. But I tell you, no, I don't want any part of the money. You can have the whole 25000 If you're not shooting weddings at 25000 the first thing you're probably going to say is that, man, like what I would, I, I'm actually, what would you do? You're probably going to say, I'm going to study harder. I'm going to make sure I prepare. I'm going to make sure I take the camera. I'm going to do all of these different things. And, and a lot of people don't do those things for their own clients that they're shooting $2,000 weddings for, $3,000 weddings for. But you would do all of this preparation for, for a client that you're shooting $25,000 for. Well, the way I think is that I'm going to go ahead and do everything that I would do for that $25,000 client. I'm going to do that for the $3,000 client. So when it's time for me to shoot the $25,000 client, I don't have to change nothing because I'm already ready for it. I've been preparing for this since day one. Right. So that's my approach with it right now. You know, is I I shoot every wedding as if they're paying me twenty thousand dollars plus. That's how I go into it. I study it like that. I, I'm up until three o'clock in the morning, and I'm waking up at eight o'clock in the morning or seven o'clock in the morning, and I'm back editing photos, getting ready for photo shoots, or something that's like making me get better. You know, and, and, and you know from basketball, it's either you getting better or you getting worse. And yeah. uh, I definitely don't want to take no steps back because we've already been taking so many steps to go in the right direction. So, you know, it's just like all out, just work hard, work hard, have fun, and, you know, things are definitely going to go your way. Yeah, and because and I, I definitely appreciate the time. You know, I know you you got to go, and I appreciate you calling in and, you know, talking to the listeners about your business and everything. And if they don't know, my I have a photo that on my website of this talk show that you took. So they they see your work firsthand. Yeah. Um, you know I have the photo that you took of me on the website, and they can go to your social medias and check out all that you do. So I'm um, I'm wishing you much success in what you're doing, and I know you're gonna be continue to be successful and even more. And um, I really appreciate you calling into the show for sure. I appreciate it, cuz, and I'll see you later. Everybody, yeah, make yeah. sure y'all hit me up Instagram right now. Go to Instagram, Travis James Photography. I'm about to log in, so. I want to see who all on there. Yeah, yeah. All right, cuz. Appreciate it. Love you. All right. Love you, too. All right. Yeah. So that was uh, Travis Daniels, former NFL player, current photography um, owner and entrepreneur. You know, again, certain things that both of the interviewees said tonight, discipline, investing in yourself. And if you listen to the show, you know they kind of threw out the same number. They both invested about sixty to seventy thousand dollars in their craft. You know, some people look at that as a lot, but when you're investing in yourself and you're making these strides to do different things, the dividend and the payoff is great. And again, like I said earlier, sometimes you guys have to change the environment that you're in to get to where you need to be. And you just heard two people tell you that. They had to switch up their environment because certain people were not elevating them. And when you're trying to do something in life and you're trying to be elevated, have to change up your environment. You know, so it's back to the change that we're talking about of Black Wall Street. People are fearful of the change, 
a lot of people want to make the change, but is it that we just don't know how to make it? You know, we have to figure that out. If you make yourself better as an individual, then you make us better as a whole. How do we get our communities back? Because we've clearly lost them. How do we get our youth back? Because we're clearly losing them. You know, you have to give them something to think about. You have to give them something to look up to. And it doesn't have to be a celebrity. It doesn't have to be an athlete. It could be the everyday working individual. But they have to see this in order to feel like they can achieve it. You know, it's a lot of us is out here, and I'm talking about black people. It's a lot of blacks out here that's educated. It's a lot of blacks that's out here that's knowledgeable. You have to give that knowledge back. You do, because they're lost without it. They don't know. You have to make yourself visible, whether it's through social media. Let's use social media. It's free advertisement. Let's use that to our benefit. But we have to stop hating on one another. When someone's successful, why not celebrate the successes that they have? Why not celebrate that particular business? Let someone thrive in their business. If you have a business, and I'm going to tell you this, it's nothing wrong with competition. As an athlete, I always endure in competition. It's nothing wrong with competition. You make things better. People came to see my teams play against certain teams because of the competition. They wanted to see it. That wasn't bad for the community. That was actually good. Because people wanted to see people playing hard and people take pride in that. So there's nothing wrong with competition. If there's two people in the community doing the same thing, you can make those two people be successful. You don't have to turn those two people against each other. And in our communities, we do that so much. You have two people that's doing hair, it's an automatic thing. You know, they're following, they both have two different followings, and it's all about my stylist is better than your stylist. No, your stylist just does something different from what my stylist does. It's nothing wrong with that. Why we can't excel at what we're doing and why we can't just give kudos to the person that's doing it with us. It's not it's nothing wrong with being successful with someone who's doing the same thing you're doing. But you have to change your mindset. You have to change your mindset. All that is bad, you have to change and change only happens from within. So when we do that, when we change what's within us, we can change what's around us. You can't let things hold you back. can't let people hold you back. can't let situations hold you back. you got to keep pressing forward to get to what you want. Opportunities come, but opportunities can't go. And if you don't take advantage of those opportunities when they present themselves, you're going to miss it. And that's when you live in regret because you're going to sit and say, you know, you should have, could have, would have. You hear people say all the time, Wow, this person had the potential to be whatever. You don't want to be full of potential because a potential person is they could, they probably would, they probably should, but they haven't done. So align yourself with people that's getting it done. And like I told you, it's not just about athletes. If you're into sports, I'm not discouraging you from that. I participated in sports as well, and sports is what got me to college, and sports got me to the WNBA and sports led me to play overseas and make different connections with people that I know I would not have had the opportunity to connect with if it not had been for sports. But you use sports as a tool to get the things that you need. So when you understand that, you can use it more so to your advantage. Because when you go to these schools, trust and believe they are going to get out of you what they're giving you. 
They're giving you a full ride, a full scholarship to their school where you don't have to pay a dime. And you best believe they're going to get it out of you. So if that's what we have working for us, we can better ourselves by obtaining athletic scholarships or we can obtain being a celebrity or we can obtain being CEOs or we can obtain being judges and we can obtain being doctors, lawyers. We as a community can be whatever it is we want to be. And we have enough resources and we have enough people doing these things. We have engineers, astronauts. We have the tools. We have to put it together. The Native Americans did it. So why can't we do it? The Native Americans just didn't start, you know, they didn't have all this money that you see they have now. They built that and it works into that. We have to come together and figure out what it is that we're going to do. Are we going to stay in the same position that we've been in since 400 years ago? If you want to change, the change is from within. Got to be ready for it. It's fearful for some, but if you want to stay stagnant and that is, that's in that ignorant space, not saying that you're not knowledgeable, it's just fear. Because if you're stagnant on something, I know you know better. It's just a matter of doing better. All right, that's the Takara Williams Show. I'm going to conclude it for tonight. Thank you guys for joining in. That was Black Wall Street. Catch us back Wednesday where it's on Sports Talk Radio. I'll leave you with a tune for tonight. This is called Fantasy. This is a fantasy instrumental. Hope you like it. See you next week for Black Wall Street, but I'll see you Wednesday for Takara Williams Sports Talk Radio. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.